Welcome to the Marathon Church Podcast. I am your host, Craig Henson. At Marathon Church, we exist to build a community that loves God, loves people, and lives on purpose. Thank you for listening wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. And you can follow us on social media, Instagram at MarathonPVL, Twitter at MarathonPVL, and please like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also find all of our content on our Marathon Church app, available at the Apple Store and Google Play. The app is the best way to keep up with everything going on here at Marathon, and it's the easiest way to share our content with a friend or loved one. Everybody welcome in, and please help me welcome uh, our guest today. We have uh, Worship Pastor Spencer Zook with us today. Yo, what's up, everybody? <laughs> Executive Pastor Brian Cox. Hello. And Family Ministry slash Student Pastor Chase Callahan. <laughs> Thank you. In the room today. Slash janitor slash grass cutting guy. Slash I'm in full-time ministry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Hey, it's uh, it was a good week this week. It was awesome a great week. week. Tell us about uh, Kids Summer Jam. I know we talked a bit, of, uh, a little bit about yeah. it in last week's podcast, but how did it finish up? It finished up so well. If you guys remember last week, we were like, we don't know how this is going to go, but ready, buckle up, let's go. Um, Number-wise, just because that's a physical, you know, you can see, we, on the last night, we, um, and it was gradually getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but the last night had over 3,000 views, and that's like one time, so if you average, you know, a family has three to four kids or whatever, people watching, um, that's that's a lot of people. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> I was amazed. So, and God did some really cool stuff with uh, be, us being able to partner with parents, and it, it was just a phenomenal week casey got um, jammed and slimed on the last night that's twice that it's happened in the seven or eight years that we've done it and so i was so pumped i really a little, you had a little help from the girls though they put they did some of the girls put it in the in the guy's bucket they literally you said, out. i don't know if you would have won without that they literally said um it's it's your it's your year casey it's your year that's what she they kept saying for her to get slimed you know there was one kid that brought 45 no, I'm sorry. Four hundred and fifty dollars worth of coins. Wow! <laughs> Put it in That's the bucket. That's a lot of saving, dude. Well, the dad told me. He said, ever since last year, we would go to the bank every week. That's there's a bank right beside where he works, and he would go in and say, "How many pennies do you have?" Like every Friday, "How many pennies do you have in the back or whatever?" Uh, or right there, and they would. Some days it would be like ten bucks. He'd say, "Okay, I'll take it." Some days it would be like twenty dollars, and he would he did it every single week until this this year because he knew Penny Wars were coming up and and his kids love it so much. Wow, that's awesome. dedication, dude. That is. It was it was pretty it was it was solid. So anyway, yeah, it was a great week. Um, yeah, the team did so good. You talking about ministry? You know, you're in full time ministry. We had people doing things that were. I mean, even you guys, you and uh, Craig and Brian, you were like welcoming people and you guys were being there you would help with penny wars you brought in the buckets sometimes and it was a cool experience and i think it's it's made us go we could do this more often and i think a lot of families especially right now they're they're wanting it you know and i think that's that's huge for us to offer that to them 
but it was very well very well done it yep. was good it was incredible kudos to the staff you guys killed it too this staff does kill it for sure and yeah. uh it was a great week and then it's it's weird because Sunday's the first day of the week, but I kind of think of it as the end of the week, and, right. and so yeah. our week either ended or got started <laughs> yesterday uh, with some amazing services here at Marathon. And one of the things that we did, we're in this series uh, called Love Revolution, and one of the things that we did is we gave out some bracelets, mm. and uh, there's probably going to be some people that are going to start seeing some social media posts and going, hey, how can I get one of those? Spencer, yes. how can they grab one of those? So, yeah, we got these cool little bracelets, and they look really they're just gray. And it says, I am the love revolution, and uh, just a great reminder to love at all times. And so you can pick one up. If you come to service, we'll get you one when you come to service. Attend here on a Sunday morning. Or uh, if you want to email us, info at marathonchurch.org. We will send you one in the mail. So you can uh, email us, info at marathonchurch.org. Awesome, man. Uh, the the bracelets are really cool. They're kind of subtle, but um, it's a great reminder every time you look down uh, that we're supposed to be loving people. And I have to tell you, Chase, you really challenged us yesterday mm-hmm. with your message. And l- let's dive into that a, okay. a little bit. And uh, let me just read our Love Revolution um Definition, yeah, I guess yeah, it is yeah, the revolution yeah. definition. First, we'll start there. Yeah. A sudden, radical, and complete change from the way things are normally done. And I think we're all in agreement that when it comes to love, we can't just keep doing what we've been doing. We've got to raise our game. And I think you really challenged us mm. uh, to do that yesterday. Thank you, man. Yeah, I, I, when I was given the assignment for this week, um, I love how do I say this? I love talking about how much we're loved by God just because it's a I mean it's such a profound idea that sometimes we can't wrap our heads around you know what I mean and so um, one of the things that I was so excited about was to get to do is that the right word I don't know if you Mm -hmm. guys but how we did communion to remember that because that was the whole point of when Jesus had the last meal or the Passover meal with um, his disciples, he literally was saying, the finale's coming, you know, we've right. been working up to this point, I've been doing this for my whole life, and now we're, we're getting to the climax of this big event, and I want to have this meal for you to remember how much I love you. And so for us to partake, partake of that was such a... Um, like a fun and memorable moment. And I was looking forward to that all weekend long. And it was, we talked about this Craig before, like coming out of summer jam, man, that's exhausting. You know what I mean? And for right. me to preach on that day early on, I was going, Oh, <laughs> like how, do, how we, we tried, do? Yeah. we tried our best to plan that. <laughs> but man, God, God knew what he was doing because what was crazy is summer jam content was a lot to do with God's love. And so, especially on Thursday. So it was it was good and and I love the, you know, that definition that you just read and there was another I started out my message with this idea of um what the revel- like we were talking about last week. This isn't just a call to action. This is a call to being. And one of the things is that revolution, the word by itself is one of like the most 
um, like it, like here, I'm reading my notes where it says it's the it's a, a word that sparks hope, ignites passion, and inspires loyalty like no other word in the human vocabulary. So right off the bat, like in order to have a love revolution that does that, man, it's like throwing gasoline on a fire. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it, it it ignites it like crazy. And to talk about God's love, um, how much He loves us, I think that was. It was an honor to do it, I should say. Well, I thought it was incredible the way you got really, really, really preachy there at the end. Pentecostal, Yeah, baby. man. It was, <laughs> it, it was so good. It Really, it was. It, the way, the passion from your heart and to hear how you described the, what Jesus did for us. Yeah. That he, you know, left his home and came here, I mean, mm-hmm. and went through what he did because we matter so much to him. Mm. And it really helped me think about that. That helps me love people right. when I know God loves me that much. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it did. I think it brought a – you could tell in people they were very moved. Yeah. And it, it kind of brought a perspective of, you know, wow, I do need the love. We – um, uh, Kelly, our communications director, and I alluded to this, had that WWJD bracelet on. Yeah. And uh, that was, you know, for anyone that doesn't know what that is – is what would Jesus do? And that was like a big thing, early 2000s, I guess, is what it was. Yeah, it, it somewhere around been. there. It, I, you're I you're said asking that. a guy my age to remember 20 years ago. So <laughs> been the 90s, early. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm to talk about or to piggyback what you said, I feel like that's when people made the <clears throat> connection because I some people have told me before that's so corny, that's a Jesus juking people, and that's right. this and that. And, um, and I literally said, if that's what you thought just now when I was talking about them, that's the problem. Because we have forgotten the cross. We have forgotten what Jesus would do. And now there's this he would love first kind of, um, what do you call it, like uh, like program or whatever that's starting out. A fad, not a fad, but like a trend. He would love first. And it's not just a question anymore. They have the answer. And I think people connected with that of going, and we have forgotten about the cross, and we have put more weight on our opinions than people. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I think we see love, honestly. We see that as weak. Oh, yeah. We see that yeah. if I give in or if I love those who hurt me, I'm just weak. When Jesus tells us the opposite, that is power. Yeah. There is power in love. I mean – he he let them crucify him. Yeah. He gave himself over. That's right. Because he loved us. And I think that's part of what we as Christians have to learn to do that. How do we give ourselves? And that's not being weak. I think there's power in that and it changes people. But you know, I think a lot of people just like they give up on love. And all that we're dealing with today, mm-hmm. they're like what's the use? Right. And I think now is the time more than ever mm-hmm. well really they and they may catch have on a, to that the back their backstory i know some people personally they were brought up with not a loving environment whatsoever yeah that makes sense and so if if that is the case they can't imagine a a you know a, an earthly father that would love them not even or they can't even, they can't imagine that they can't even imagine a God that would love them if their earthly father right. couldn't love them like that then how can this God 
yeah. love me the way that you're saying and describing. So, um, and that's part of what we talked about the first week, right? Was right. losing our faith, right? Right. You know, we see why did God let all this happen? Mm. You know, when He's right in the middle, saying, "I'm trying to help you understand that love is the power. Love is where what we need to be doing now." Right. One of the things that that struck me in the message yesterday, and and I love sharing in in communion, obviously with God's people. And one of the things that we've done in Christianity is we've chopped the Bible up in, into chapters and verses. Mm. But when you read it as the narrative that it is, these commands that Jesus gave to love, it was at the end. Mm. It was like at that last meal right, that, right. that he shared with them. Yeah. And um, that, that really hit me. But then mm. when you talked about how every drop of blood that Jesus shed had a name on it, oh yeah, I mean, that, that hit me right in the heart. Yeah, man. Um, I got several texts because I guess that's when you were talking about me getting preachy or like the <laughs> I meant that in a good way. No, no, I no, yeah. no, no, no. Uh, I had another guy said, "Man, uh, you can tell Pentecostals part of your DNA, brother." <laughs> I was yeah. like, "Well, you know, maybe you grew up in that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, that that was something that um, I had a uh, my mom text me, you know, and I I. I said her name from stage, and I was going through all of them, but, I, you know, not even, it wasn't even intentionally, but I was like, um, her name. And she texted me, she said, you had no idea how much I needed to hear my name when you called it. Wow. She said, the week that I've had, the weeks that I've had, uh, just leading, I just needed to, to hear my name being called in that list. And when you think about it, Truly, uh, you know, you I looked up statistics and things like that, and there's some theologians that say that there's enough, um, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but there's enough blood cells that was that was poured out for every person on earth that had come and is to come to have one of his blood mm-hmm. cells in. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, right. um, I mean, if you start doing research on it, like the statistics and the data and all that. I mean, it just, it blows my mind what that man went through. And he literally was thinking of my, of me, Chase, right. and of Spencer and Brian and, and Craig and, and all these people. And, and so yesterday when I was, um, or on Sunday when I was calling people or saying their names, like, I don't know, man, I just, I felt like. It does some okay. So I said every it, it cha- everything changes when it becomes personal, mm-hmm. and so if you can put your name on that, um, it, it does. Some, I don't know. It just does something to you, and I think a lot of people resonated with that. I think for sure. You know, I think that that's one of the problems that we have in our culture now, is that because of social media, uh, other types of media, we we see people. Um, that we don't know, mm-hmm. um, and and we attach a thought to them, um, and until until it becomes personal, until you're face to face with somebody, until you're right up next to somebody, you're probably not going to love. It's it's easy to take shots from a distance. We're really good at that in our culture, and so until we get into close proximity with other human beings, we're not going to love. And mm-hmm. and even then, it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. But I think we we want to keep everything at a distance so we can just take cheap shots at people. <laughs> yeah, 
No, that's... I definitely what Facebook and social media does, Mm -hmm. you know. But it's hard, you know. I heard that people say you always need to look at people. I think Eddie said this, look at people through the eyes of Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, understand where they are. Yeah. And it's very difficult to do sometimes. Well, um, there's a quote by, uh, I think I'm going to get his, I think I got his name right, Uh, Rabbi Julius Gordon, and I saw this in the book Love Revolution, um, it said, love is not blind, it sees more, not less. And good. especially nowadays, I feel like we as human, na- like our human nature is wanting to see less instead of more. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like got the horse blinders on, kind of. And yeah, yeah, just stay in my lane, <clears throat> leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't know, but in that lane, we're full of opinions and and I don't remember how I said it or, or whatever, but um, I think Kelly posted it or something like that. But it was like um, if the church could get this concept and get the, the mind shifted, the opinions would go down and the love would come up. It was something like that. And um, and it's so true. Like I, I know everybody has opinion. Like I told Spencer at lunch, um, I was like, you know, when it comes to music, I'm a little opinionated. <laughs> okay. Really? <laughs> yeah. And and. And I, so I get it. Like, I know that everyone has opinions on certain things and stuff like that. But my opinion is not more important than somebody's being. Mm-hmm. And I can still have my opinion, but I don't, I don't need to degrade you or anyone to show you my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. I don't even have to do that to share my opinion. If you want to know, then I can tell you. Um, do I always get that right? Nope. You know what I mean? But. Mm-hmm. I strive. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. I strive. And especially the older I get, the more uh, that quote, the more I try to see, you know, um, and and the the less I want to give my opinion unless it's just absolutely needed. I, you know, I think. <laughs> and sometimes opinion are only as good as the perspective you're in. That's good. Because mm-hmm. you see it from where you've been. I see it from where I've been, a little older. Mm-hmm. Spencer sees things where he is. So it's seeing people and understanding where they are. That's right. what you're saying. We can love better that way. You know, I may, we talk about music all the time. <laughs> you know, those that love hymns. This is not this conversation, is it? Those that love <laughs> hymns, those that love worship, those that love Southern gospel, mm-hmm, whatever. Yeah. Everybody has an opinion. But I try to respect that. Yeah. Don't, don't make that a, if somebody likes something I don't like I still love them right and I think our society has a problem with that well it's you hard I, I really do like it's hard to have a relationship with somebody if mm-hmm. if their opinions and look out their look at life is different than yours right having a relationship with that person is hard and I think that's one of the reasons why people have a have a difficulty with this sometimes especially in politics uh, yeah Do we want to start there yeah no <laughs> yeah i mean and the thing is you you can't even agree to disagree anymore all right no. like you can't say okay you have the right to be wrong but we're still friends and we're going to keep walking together you know it's, it's better not just to talk about it <laughs> there's so much animosity now yeah and um yeah why don't you want to talk about hymns versus contemporary worship brian <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to talk about, i've had that conversation a, he's a hymn guy i love hymns i do i don't have any problem with them i think they're awesome and but i do i've heard 
my, why are we talking about this? Because <laughs> we could talk about this, whatever we want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> I told him. I told him Sunday we go we go deeper it's, into things that we can't necessarily. It's part say of loving Sunday. people okay. that have a different uh, musical taste than you. Yeah. Well, let me. Let <laughs> still me, have to love them. Let me give you an example. Here's here's what I think. The older generation, some get it. Okay, some get it. Most of them listen to like ACDC or stuff like yes, that. Yes, Van Halen. There <laughs> we go. Um, like like my dad, for instance, loves Southern Gospel. He's 84 years old. He loves it, but he comes here, okay, when we had church, and he, yeah, that's not his music, but what he understands is that what it means to those who right. need that and who minister to those young and people different than him. Yeah. He cares about the mission more than he cares about what he likes. The preference. Right. And when you look at when you're in a room with people and you look around and you see other people experiencing the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. experiencing Jesus through mm-hmm. that song or whatever, it's hard not to be moved by that, you know, whatever style it may be. And it, it's on the other side too. Mm-hmm. You know, the other generation needs to respect we have this conversation all oh, the time. Yeah, I know. You know that what came before you don't you know disregard that that's something god did then mm-hmm. and i think you know loving forward loving backward whatever you got to do you know i <clears throat> yes 100 percent. i agree guess. with that this is our love conversation no, exactly I'm, no and it, it's huge for those of us that grew up in the church this is a huge conversation and you know paul said whatever i have to do you know to find common ground with somebody so that they can meet Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that that's why we do it. It's motivated by love. Right. I <clears throat> I would say my I think it was my dad that told me this. It wasn't even it might have been with music, but it definitely was in with preferences. So let's say whatever it is, you know, it mm-hmm. was didn't like the way that you spoke cuz you spoke out of the message version or the NIV versus the KJV or whatever. <clears throat> Well, um, he, my dad made a statement that I was like, what? But it was, if they're not against you, they're for you. And you need to start looking through that lens that way. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Well, then <clears throat> I heard a, a preacher, dude, he was just going off on like, I don't remember what it was, but it was something to do with church and the building and things like that. And it dawned on me. I went, holy cow. That man, I have no doubt, loves Jesus. Like I feel like he does. I, you know, he's he's preaching the word. He's just he may he may be bitter at some things, or he may have you know a problem with something in the church. But at the root of it, he still loves Jesus. He's not coming at me saying that you're wrong and I'm against you. It's just our preferences are different on how we preach. You know, to a congregation, and so therefore I had to come to the conclusion of going. I could sit here and get all bent out of shape of going, listen how mad he is and look at all, you know, but he's not, he's not against me. So that means he's got to be for me and I need to go, I'm not against him. I can be for him and his, and just show the love of Jesus and continue to go, man, I'm praying for you, praying for your church. Or if it's a style, I remember, um, one of our good, good friends, he still goes here. He used to come down the aisle holding his ears when I was the worship pastor. <laughs> and I remember going, like, thinking in my head, mm-hmm. bro, 
Just get out. Are you kidding me? You know, at like, least get some ear, like some yeah, ear plug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now he just don't come in the building. He stays in the atrium. Yeah, no. <laughs> Watch and online. So, and so he and I remember he took me to lunch years later. Okay, now I'm you know Spencer's worship pastor now, and the, I'm I'm doing family stuff. And I, he took me to lunch, and I sat down with him and I told him that story. I was like, man, I I gotta to be honest. I, I felt like you hated me. Every time you came down the aisle with your hands over your ears, he's like, are you kidding me? He said, I love you, dude. And I'm like, can you explain that to me? He said, like, just because I don't like the, the loudness of the music doesn't mean that I don't love you. Yeah. And he said, I've always loved you. I've always, and, and, and all of a sudden, I went, man, he was not against me. You know yeah. what I mean? It was just a difference in, in preference. And so, anyway, I, I, I no, think that's that, good. That's a good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to dive too deep into it because I'm kind of going there in the message on Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But oh. um, spoiler we, <laughs> the world looks at us and they see that we can't even love each other. Mm. Yeah. And they think, well, what do they think about me if they can't even love each other? And I'm going to talk a little bit about our reputation, our brand, if you will. As, as Christians, and um, we're not exactly known for what we're supposed to be known for. Mm. And so uh, we'll, we'll dive a little bit into that on Sunday. The, um, I can't wait for that. I think that one of the things someone told me from Sunday was just in going back to that, um, they always looked at God as a mad God, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I want to read this real quick. There's a story that said um, several years ago, a student in seminary class stood to his feet and announced to the professor, quote, I don't believe in God. And the professor, like, stood back and just replied, like he was not raveled at all. And he said, he described, he said, describe this God you don't believe in. And after the student had described and this unloving, this vengeful God, the professor confessed, I don't believe in that God either. And That's the, the student, and he said, because my God is a God of love. And I think if we could, you're talking about the brand and what people see. If we could sort of ravel around uh, or rally around that and go, you know what? I don't believe in that either. Exactly. That takes a lot of guts to say, though. You know what I mean? It like, does. I, I, I don't believe in that. It, it, it throws those that are thinking of God as some, you know, lightning zapper kind of God. It takes them back and it says, well, what do you believe in then? And then you're able to to share the gospel of love and grace and mercy to them. I, I yeah, I can't wait to hear what you're what you got coming up and up your sleeve. I always love hearing you speak, man. You're a good one. Well, ho- hopefully uh, it'll it'll match the previous messages in the series because they've been really good. They've all, right. all been really good. Um, one of the things that you really hit on was that loved people love people, and then you went on to ask, how are you doing loving people who don't deserve it? (laughs) Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, it says, are you loving, are you able to love them the way that Jesus did? Yeah. That's the question. I told him, I said, I got to ask you a hard question, and you probably know it's coming. And honestly, guys, like, there's a situation, (laughs) and I even alluded to it in, in my message, that there is a situation in my life right now that a lot of this is stirring from. Like, I had to ask myself, how am I doing loving this person who they do not deserve my love? They do not deserve the care. <laughs> what they did to, you know, my friend, I was just like, they don't deserve it. And, I mean, they're in 
it's very inhumane and it's this awful divorce type of situation and i'm just like ah you know but i don't know what do you guys think so how are you doing Oh, I'm, I'm doing well. Like, I feel like uh, I, earlier in the week, the last couple of weeks, I was doing really bad. But then it dawned on me and it hit me and I had to, I got convicted back because I'm like, I, I said this Sunday, whenever we get messages like topics or like, hey, you're going to do this mm-hmm. portion of, you know, John or whatever, God's sort of, most of the time, he's going to make you walk through a little bit right. of it before you can actually preach it to the congregation. And so... <laughs> Here I am, and and my wife's included, and some families included, and this big thing. And I'm going. They're asking me these questions, and I'm I'm in the middle of it, going, "What do you think I am, a preacher or something?" You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's when you don't want to be one, right? Yeah. But I was just able to, honestly, I always say it. God's words are the best words. So I said, "Let's open it up. Let's see what what He says." And. um I mean, we're still walking through this thing, but I am. I, I feel like I'm doing better at loving, or at least I'm more of a aware. Let me say that. I'm more aware mm-hmm. of how I respond. You look down at that bracelet, and it'll remind you, Yeah, you are the love revolution. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. I love the – we talked about the communion earlier. Like, I love that part, and it. we talked about it being personal. And so, for mm-hmm. me, it was it was personal, but at the same time, from a different perspective, I was like – I looked at everybody when you started naming the names. Mm-hmm. I'm going back to that for a second. Yeah, Sorry. No, no, but okay. um, I think it, it brought a different perspective for me because I'm like, wait, it's not just me, though. It's <laughs> right. Brian and Chase and Craig and everybody. Like, right. we're all undeserving of God's love, 100%. of what yeah. Jesus did on the cross. And so it, it brings us all into, like, we all have we've all made mistakes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we're we're all messed up, mm-hmm. and we all don't deserve it. But he did it anyways. He so didn't wait we. for us to love him first. He yeah. did it. Yeah, hundred percent. So I don't know. That was my kind of perspective on that. I like that. I think it's awesome, and I, and I would even take that a step further. Um, it's hard to see people that you're at odds with as somebody that Jesus died for, mm-hmm. and whether they ever give their life to him or not, he still shed a drop of that blood for them. Like, yeah, I mean, their their name is on it as well, even if they don't ever. And I know some people might get in a theological argument right. with me about that. But um, he, it's hard to see people as somebody that Jesus died for from time to time. But if we could, if I could, I'll, I won't speak for anybody else. If I could, uh, my relationships would be a lot better. No, yeah. And those that those that don't deserve it, but also, the, like, it's hard for me to think of people that have murdered people you know what i mean and those that are you know just (laughs) minds messed up they're still made in the image of god and sin is something that it's just it lives inside of us and it's bound to come out but if we have the grace of god and we have that um we have accepted that free gift of his salvation it's what covers all that. That's what makes us different. And I, I, I think you joke about it all the time. Where Uh-oh. I'm glad that I'm not God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. like, if I was God, oh, you know, yeah. like, but be a lot less people on the planet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, it. That's I got my bracelet now. I'll be better. You would do better, Thanos. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What'd you say? It'd be like Thanos. Thanos. Oh yes, snap Just that finger. That. You know, every every time, uh, I shouldn't say every time. Many times, uh, people ask questions of people that are pastors or whatever. And one of the questions that you get asked a lot is, "Well, what about Manson? What about Charles <sighs> Manson?" You know, mm. you, they always they try to think of the, or Hitler. They yeah, try to think of the I worst got that person question they can think of. Recently, we got that at the from, summer jam from the youth. Mm-hmm. Asked me if do I believe Hitler. Hitler would go to heaven? Oh Lord! I'm like, oh Help man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and they asked a bunch more, but that one um, was pretty easy to answer actually, uh, because he was given the opportunity. I would think. You know, he was he was a, so. a blood drop. Yeah, that Christ that's gave right. his, his life for. Yeah, and he, you know, he could. You have the opportunity. I mean, the odds are not in favor at all, but I think, yeah, he's someone that God created mm-hmm. and died that's for. It. You know, and I'm sure a lot of people would debate that. And I, I think <laughs> you know? really the argument is, or, or the answer is that apart from God. That's how bad man can be. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul talks about the natural man. Well, what we are by nature is sinners. And I know people right. don't like to hear you say it, but but that's that's what godlessness run amok looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's and what, it, it's a, even for those of us that are filled with the Spirit and trying to walk with Jesus, it's a battle every day. And he was a man, if you know a little bit of history, that was hurt by someone. Mm-hmm. That had told him he was no good, that and somebody didn't love him the way they mm-hmm. should, and it and it turned him into something. You know, that's another thing that love can do, can break that. That's right. You know, that's why it's so important. We love our children and the next generation, and we show them what love really looks like. Like we talked about that. That what's going to happen to our kids twenty years from now? Mm-hmm. Where would the faith be? Were they no love, or were they no complaining and griping? Mm. What will Facebook be in 20 years? It may not be there. <laughs> but that's, to me, I think about that. What? Because my little girl, 11 years old, she asked me so many questions all the time about race and hatred, and you know, and it's difficult for them to kind of see God through that. Mm. It's scary when they don't. So. The only opportunity that they're going to have to see it is when I show it, or when you know That's the church point. shows it. We we are showing the example of God right now through this crisis we're in. Hmm. That's good. Well, I mean that's that's the responsibility with that is is pretty heavy. It really it is. is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that was a that was a lot. I enjoyed that. Yeah, though. we talked about songs and. Bad people, yeah. Hitler, Bad Hitler. People. <laughs> yeah. So, Craig, you it, yeah, you're up, dude. Yeah, man. You ready this Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to touch on a lot of the things that we've talked about actually in this podcast, and and see if we can dive a little bit deeper. And I'm trying to give them, give them some tools uh, to to take with them to actually begin to put some of this in practice and try to really uh, at the end I'm going to try to get them to uh, take you know three steps. Mm. That will uh, actually help them to live a life of love, and there there's steps that that I'm I'm trying to you know manage myself <laughs> that I'm trying to get my head around myself. But um, hopefully uh, it'll, it'll be engaging and interesting, uh, but really challenging at the same time. So 
we're going we're gonna to talk uh, about really this question, what does love require of me? Mm, that's and good. In, in yeah. any given situation in life, what would be the loving thing for me to do at this moment, at mm-hmm. this time with this person? So it, um, it's good. It, it should be good. I'm, I'm looking excited, forward man. to it. Yeah, yeah. Right. can't wait. Uh, any final thoughts? Mm, um, Jesus loved in death so that we could live or love in life. Jesus I love that. loved in death so that we could love in life. That's good. You guys are well. Yeah. You did great, man. We appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening, everybody. We can't wait to uh, catch you on the other side. Uh, Marathon Church, we exist to build a community that loves Jesus, loves people, and lives on purpose. We'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.